following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go, Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, Brian Broaddus, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, May 10th, 2023, season 19, episode number six. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break Life in the SWBC Mortgage Studios. At the start, we're presented by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. Got Nick, Brian, and Amber here with me today. We're talking Cowboys football for the next 45 minutes. And uh, this is a busy week around here. We've got a lot going on. Tomorrow night, if you haven't heard, the schedule release, the NFL schedule, will be pushed out. Uh, we will obviously be pushing ours out, as every team will, and uh, we'll have some interesting content for you guys, so make sure you stay tuned for that. Real quick, though, I, I want to get some thoughts from you guys on – what's that? Are you worried about any other teams? You, who are you competing against this year? Are you worried about uh, – we're, we're competing against everybody and nobody. Like, what I mean by that are you is – worried about, Are you worried about, like, the Buccaneers coming with something off the pirate ship? No, or honestly, like honestly, teams will take shot at us, but that's not really the lane we play in. We kind of oh. we kind of float above all that stuff. Like, like our brand's that. above that. So, so what glad. we typically do, as you notice, is yeah. we, we've leaned into the whole, you know, celebrity thing. Oh, yeah. And we do the oh, fun yeah. videos. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and so we got we got some stuff planned for, for fans. They're gonna, I think they'll appreciate it. I think it'll be really well, good. Well, I'm sure at the end of the day they'll get, hand you the award. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. But, look, you know, they we let them do their thing. And, by the way, I, I'll never disparage another team. No. The only teams that lose this week – are the ones that do nothing. Yeah. And most of them will do something. And if you do something that engages your fan base, more power to you. You're doing the right stuff. We just have our own lane and we stay in that Did lane. It's funny how this, has been, how this has become like one of the biggest oh, sure. type of videos are put out oh, every yeah. year. This is What would you compare this to? In, in this world, nothing. No. In, in, I'm talking sports media for NFL clubs. This is the biggest thing that any team does all year. And it didn't used to be like this. I remember when I first started working for the Cowboys. I remember Nick came to my office one day and was like, hey, the schedule's coming out tomorrow. And this had to be early 2000s. And I was like, okay. And, <laughs> and he was like, yo, you know, we can get this out. Like, it's a big deal. Get it out quick. And back then it was just like, how fast can you get it out? But to me, I was always thinking, that's kind of silly. We won't have any games until later. I can look at it later. I don't care. But over the years, I've started to realize like fans wait for this day because they, they start making plans around it. So it's become a big deal. And the NFL has done a good job of capitalizing on that so much so to where now it has become the big deal for everybody to put out their best content to announce mm-hmm. the schedule release. And that's actually a pretty cool thing. And I like have, it. It gets me excited. I was going to say, you're not in the middle of the season trying to get this production put together, even though you only yeah. have a couple of days, literally, le- less than a couple of days to do literally it. Literally, our editors, Drew Ferguson and Connor McMahon, they are hard at work right now. I think last night when I talked to them, it was, it was around midnight and they were still working mm-hmm. when they sent me their, the last message. And they're still working hard on this thing to get it ready. So it is a it is a labor of love for for our team, but but it's a big deal. Were you it's guys really the first? Deal. Were you guys the first to do this? The no, we were among the first when we did the post Malone video. That was when I think it got taken to another level. Mm-hmm. But there were other teams that were doing it around the same time. They, yeah. they just that's when I think it was like okay, game on. I think everybody yeah. started saying okay, yeah. here we go. And and last year. 
you could look at the quality of, of the videos that teams are putting out and you saw, oh, yeah, it's, it's at a different yeah. level now. Teams are taking this really seriously. So it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Let's talk about the schedule, though. You you look at the Cowboys' uh, schedule, and obviously right now what we know are the home and the away games. We don't know dates yet. Uh, I'll run down the list. Here's what, who the Cowboys are playing at home. It's the Giants, the Eagles, uh, Washington, Detroit, the Rams, uh, New England, the Jets, and Seattle. Um, and then the road teams, that they'll, the play teams they'll play on the road be the Giants, Philly, and Washington again. And then Arizona, Buffalo, Carolina, the Chargers, uh, Miami, and San Francisco. When the schedule comes out tomorrow, what particular things will you guys be looking at? And is there anything that's important from the standpoint of the team that that would matter when it comes to wins and losses? I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I think there are certain things you can look at. You can always look at December, January, and you know how how's it going to end. Uh, even though that's kind of a, a tricky thing to do because you don't know how this team's going to be or what the other teams look like. There's always going to be three or four curveballs in there that you think. Eh, that's not going to be a tough game, or that will be a tough game, um, and and it turns out the other way. So um, you know, you, you just kind of, I think you really just look at the first month and the last month, and just kind of see from there on, on based off what you think. Maybe you know three road games in a row or three home games in a row stretch or something like that. But it's tough to it's tough to tell. There's going to be a lot of people that'll have the whole schedule like their wins, win, loss, loss. Yeah. But you know, really, I mean, it's it's just something to do in May. I kind of look at that stretch of uh, win those games. Uh, we talked about this on 105.3 yesterday, was what games, those, there's some difficult road games along the way that you're going to have to deal with. That The San Francisco one will be a difficult one. The Buffalo one will be a difficult one. You have to deal with Philadelphia is always one because it's the division opponent that you, you have to deal with. So I was kind of always thinking, how do they, how do they space out the difficult games? Do they give you an opportunity or are they going to put them all like in the same area? Those, you know, how many times are you, are you having to make those trips? Are you guys having to make those trips across the country to play these games and stuff like that? So that's where I always look at. I, you know, that the last game is going to be a division game and it's probably going to be Philadelphia. You know, because that's where I, I think if the schedule makers look at, they say who are the two favorites in a division. Even though I think it's going to be a really tough division, they probably say it's going to come down to, to Dallas and Philly. And so I could see them that last game. When when is that game? And and is that going to game going to be in Philadelphia or is it going to be on the road? That's the one I always kind of look at. What I'm looking at is what's happening Christmas weekend. What are we going to do with our Christmas weekend? Um, no, but it, it, what game was it where we had that tough stretch this past year? Um, Nick, you have the good memory. What, what game? Wait, wait. You remember we, we had just a, a tough little stretch there where the Cowboys didn't really get much rest. Um, wow. It's usually right around that Thanksgiving. Yeah, and, 10 games. And, yeah, 10 it's days. always kind of right in there. And then what happens after Thanksgiving? But like, I feel this uh, this past year, it was a lot closer than what it usually is, where you had some extra days added in there where it was just kind of yeah. too I soon for the Cowboys. They didn't get enough rest. Well, yeah. So. It, you're right. It was the Sunday at Jacksonville. Then they got Saturday at home against Philly. And then the next Thursday was at Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And so it was in a span of like 12 days you played three games. Were they gonna make that was you, tough. They're going to make you play probably Thursday, Thursday, back-to-back. They're going to probably – because the league now, both, it doesn't matter. You're, you could play two Thursday games. 
So you're likely going to get your Thanksgiving Day game and then probably the next Thursday. They've done that before. They didn't do it last year. Yeah, last year, ironically, was not like that. But but previous years, I have a feeling they're going to try and get you back into that rotation. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. But, yeah. When you – well, the thing I'm I'm looking at is when you have those types of weeks, it is kind of difficult when you talk about a young team – Overall, you know, that they're not necessarily accustomed to maybe that kind of uh, intensity in the NFL plus the amount of recovery time. And one thing that they've talked about several players this offseason is kind of working on their body and and just taking care of their body and, and their recovery and all that. So it just it's interesting to me seeing how it affects players in the way they play when you talk about younger guys guys that you're gonna need and you talk about the draft picks I think there are a lot of guys in there that not necessarily are gonna be starters but you're definitely gonna need them and and just kind of seeing how it translates onto the field and and their recovery time you know honestly I actually wonder if that's an advantage for a young team I, I know they're not accustomed to it but as we all know, because we're getting older, when you're younger, you recover a lot faster than you do as you get older. And I wonder if you've got a younger team having those short turnarounds or more of those games where you have short turnarounds, if, that, if that's actually better because your body can bounce back a little faster than maybe if you had a team full of 30-plus-year-olds, right? It, and I don't know. I, I've never played an NFL game, so I really couldn't tell you what it requires. But it does make me wonder if that's actually an advantage for a young team. Christmas Day is uh, Giants in Philadelphia. If yeah, you wanted I saw that on a Monday night. Okay. So you got, just got to you just got to worry about the twenty fourth is when you got to worry. And actually, that's the cool thing about it is I'm more worried about like as long as we're not on Christmas Day, because then if you're on Christmas Day, you know there's a possible there's a fifty percent chance you could be on the road, which means you're now gone Christmas Eve yeah. into Christmas Day. That ain't ever fun. So that's why we know that's not going to be us this that's year. That's why so. the, that Black Friday game uh-huh. that's actually terrible for yeah. a road team. Yeah, that, that's the worst. They just of, announced that by the way. Yeah, I mean yeah. like Jets and Dolphins. I yeah. believe, and it's yeah. like. I mean, that should have been that should have been like Jets and, and Patriots, or that should have been something really, Close. really closer than that. Because you know, you, whoever's on the road, you you leave on Thanksgiving Day, and then you're all day Friday. And, and we know, you know, Thanksgiving is when when you get together. I mean, yeah. whatever it is, you have to you figure it out. But if you're on a road team, you leave on Thursday, and you're gone all day Friday for that night game. That's that's a tough one. Yeah. That, that's actually just as tough as Christmas. I and think. as we all know, I know for my family, this is what we do. We actually take Friday to be our Thanksgiving right, dinner. Right. So now that's completely out if you're playing on Friday. So you miss Thursday because you're traveling, and you miss Friday when you would typically be able mm-hmm. to kind of make that up. So, yeah, that's, honestly, these are the hard things that a lot of fans don't think about for players and their families and how they have to well, adapt to the NFL schedule. Christmas, they just it. announced Christmas night. Yeah, Christmas is Philadelphia and, and yeah. the Giants. Train. I mean, yeah. that's the way it should be. I mean, yeah, I, it is. Do that it's kind quick. of stuff it's where, fast, where yeah. it's quick, and maybe even the day of. You could possibly even say we're going to go the day of the game. I don't yeah. think the league will let you do They'll that. Do that? They should. No, they don't. don't let, you that. have to be in. I think it's there's a rule on Roger. hours. They have to be in before a game. All right, Nick, call yeah. Roger. Get that change. Let's get that fixed. Hey, they're you can do it in the teams. preseason. Really Didn't we do it in a preseason <laughs> one time? The only time I've ever been late. Yeah. <laughs> The only time I've ever really been late was to the, the the one time where we went the day of the game, going to Denver. Yeah, and you got told, don't let that happen. Don't, and it had to go through the back. It had to go through the back through of the, the players. plan, through the players. And they're like, you're the one that was holding us up, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was the worst. It was like worse than, I mean, Michael Irvin wasn't on that trip anymore, but it was like, it was the first year Michael wasn't on the trip in 2000, you know, because 
you know, that was a thing, you, you know, when you were traveling and yeah, Michael right. was on the trip. It's like, what time is he going to yeah. be there? Always we'll take be... off when Michael gets here. Yeah. I remember one when I first started working here, one Des? of the trips. Yes, Des. That was London. London. The, London. That was London. Well, London. No, 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 no. I'm talking about okay. I wasn't there. I wasn't there. But when I started working here, you know, you're, you're not used to what time you got to head down to the buses and all that. And I remember I'm like, oh, crap, I'm running late. You're trying to figure out what floor you need to go to to security and all that. And I remember being late, running late, feeling like I'm rushing, and then I see Des. I'm like, okay, I'm good. You know, he's a big guy, you know, big star. I'm good, I'm good. I'm walking down with him or whatever. And then later on, I'm telling Nick the story. I'm like running late or whatever. And he's like, um... That's not really a good thing. If you were with Des, that's not really that a good thing. That means you were thing. really late. That means you weren't late, yeah. But, uh, I mean, they were waiting on him, so. It happens. Uh, yeah. It happens. They're not leaving Des. Let's just put yeah. it like that. All right, we're going to take our first break a little early when we come back. We're going to talk about draft grades. Uh, I know last week a lot of people were doing draft grades, but I'm a big believer in you don't do draft grades for the most recent draft. You do draft grades for previous years when you've actually seen some of these players play. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk draft grades over the last five years of drafts and talk what we think about where the Cowboys are relative to how they've picked players. We'll be back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Hey, honey, can we talk? Of course. What's up? Well, I just thought you should know. I've been curious about the new Dr. Pepper strawberries and cream. (gasps) Have you felt this way a long time? No, I just think I'd really like the taste of Dr. Pepper swirled with layers of flavor. If you feel that way, I think you should try it, babe. It's amazing. I mean, you're amazing, too. (laughs) New Dr. Pepper Strawberries and Cream, the new flavor you deserve. Want to use the Cowboys locker room's favorite products? Check out the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word cowboys. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. No one knows where this market will go. Right now, it feels like a wild ride. But one thing's for certain, there's a way through it. And the experience and guidance of a Merrill advisor can help you get there. Because where there's a bull, there's a way. Find an advisor in North Texas at ml.com slash bullish. Merrill, a Bank of America company. What would you like the power to do? Investing involves risk. Merrill Lynch, Pierce, Fenner & Smith Incorporated, registered broker-dealer, registered investment advisor, member SIPC, a wholly owned subsidiary of Bank of America Corp. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to the break. 
Register now for 2023 Dallas Cowboys Youth Camps presented by Invisalign. Athletes ages 6 to 16 are invited to learn from the best this summer at AT&T Stadium or Ford Center at the Star in Frisco. Football camps are led by former NFL players. Dance camps taught by current Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders save $25 when you sign up for camp by May 12th. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash camps. Welcome back. We are in the second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. The segment presented to you by Blockchain.com. Dot com. There we go. All right. Let us uh, what we're going to do is we're going to do some draft grades. I want to talk through uh, the last five years of drafts going back to 2018. We're going to go through each draft and talk a little bit about uh, where the Cowboys did well and maybe where the Cowboys wish they could have had a pick back or two. Um, and then we'll we'll kind of look at the the totality of those five years and figure out what we think maybe was the best draft of that five year span. Let's start first with 2018. First round, they select Leighton Vanderesh. Second round, Connor Williams. Third round, Michael Gallup. Fourth round, Dorrance Armstrong. Fourth round, again, they got Dalton Schultz. And then Mike White in the fifth round. Chris Covington in the sixth. Cedric Wilson in the sixth. And then they finished the draft in the seventh round with Bo Scarborough. Outside of the, the, the first round pick, which obviously in all of these years, the first round pick is going to be the standout player. And they've done <laughs> extremely well in the first round. Where do you think is the what do you think was the best pick of this draft outside of Leighton Vanderesh? Um probably the uh probably the Dalton Schultz pick. If you look at it. Why? I feel like though to me when you with that was a fourth round selection right there, you got 75 games out of him, 211 receptions for 17 touchdowns. That was one of those 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 picks. I mean, you could talk about. I think there's still some questions about uh, Michael Gallup, uh, Dorrance Armstrong. I think has kind of developed into uh, a, a nice player. But Dalton Schultz at that time in the fourth round, when you grab a guy that's had that many receptions, and you know, I guess you could you can look at Michael Gallup has had probably about the same number of receptions. But I think that the one with Dalton Schultz that at the fourth round, that that's some really good value right there for a player uh, that. You're thinking about grabbing a tight end. Now, nah, maybe he didn't develop as the best blocker or anything like that. But if you look at what he was able to do the last several years for you and what it, what a good player he became for the quarterback, I would say that's that's the one that I would focus on right there for that particular round, other than the Leighton Van Der Esch pick. It's really good draft. It's one of the better mm-hmm. I mean drafts from top to bottom that they've had. Some of them are they're drafted for other teams. You know, Bo Scarborough – uh, you know, had a really good game against them one time. Mike White started for the Jets. Um, so, you know. By the way, there are only two guys in this draft that are out of the league at this point. Yeah. Chris yeah, Covington, Covington and Bo Scarborough. Scarborough. Yeah. All the rest yeah. of them are still in the league. It's a, it's a really good draft. I think Armstrong's a really good value pick there. And, you know, Leighton was an all-pro his first year. Injuries have, have kind of hurt him, of, of course. But, you know, not everybody's still with him. Some Dolphins have two of these guys, I believe. But, yeah, it's, it's a good draft. I mean, good draft. Schultz and, and Armstrong in the fourth round. I mean, that's, that's where they've really – had some success lately is getting some uh, good players in the fourth round. Those two picks were great. If Michael Gallup had not gotten hurt, I think then, you know, and you'd had him playing, you know, uh, you know, maybe, you know, going through, I think last year we were kind of on the, on the edge right now with Michael Gallup, you know, and where he's at. But, you know, if, if he had not had to go through that injury and stuff like that and had a good year last year, you probably said, well, okay, Michael Gallup's the one, but, I could say I go back to Dalton Schultz and what they at that particular spot in the in the draft, you know, pick 137. 
you know, you, you get some really, really good value out of that for him. You got a franchise tag at him. Yeah, he didn't resign with you and all that, but the quarterback relied on him and the offense relied on him quite a bit. Well, hopefully Michael Gallup does come back um, better this year because, honestly, my memory on him is becoming quite faint. Like, it's fading <laughs> away, remembering him making those good plays for you. And, you know, he, he, he has the talent. He's an, a dynamic player. But even looking at the sixth round, Cedric Wilson, you get a guy that was – a guy that was able to do what he did for you during that year where Dak Prescott really started relying on him and using him. And that's a guy from the sixth round. So that was really, really good. A guy that got a pretty nice contract somewhere else. I would have loved for the Cowboys to keep him. But, um, yeah, if, all in all, looking up and down, like Nick said, uh, it's pretty good, but yeah, we call him Dalton Schultz. For a guy that I definitely thought would not be here a long time ago, yeah. he he made it work. All right, let's move on to the 2019 draft. They had in the first, in the, they didn't have a first round pick that year. In the second round, they they drafted Tristan Hill. Third round, Connor McGovern. Fourth round, Tony Pollard. Uh, they d- uh, selected the two Jacksons in the fifth round, Michael Jackson and Joe Jackson. In the sixth round, they got Donovan Wilson, and in the seventh round, they had Mike Weber and uh, Jalen Jokes. That draft, which one do you think was the best pick? Because you got – it's interesting you can look at it two different ways. You got Pollard, you got Wilson. Both are still with the team. Both are playing really well. You got Pollard in the fourth round. You got Donovan Wilson in the sixth round. Yeah. Which was the better pick for the Cowboys? Wilson. All in all. I mean, he Pollard. he's a guy that came in here and to me, especially at a position that you really needed, a position that we talked about for the longest time, safety, you need a safety – and then he comes in here and start makes making an impact quite fast. Honestly, the type of player that has no fear whatsoever. He just goes in there, tackles, and, and just doesn't even think. He just goes out and, and and plays the game like you want him to play on defense. And looking at where he's at now with the Cowboys, looking everything he was giving to you because you look at Tony Pollard. And you still had Zeke. You still had Zeke taking care of most of the carries and, and at the running back position. So all in all, Wilson at the sixth round, that was a very nice steal there. What I love about the Pollard pick is that it sounds like when they did their um, their pre-draft mock drafts with all the scouts go around the room, uh, they I don't know how many times they do that, you know, 10, 12 times maybe, Um Pollard every time. It was Pollard every time they got Pollard. They they targeted in the fourth him. round, in the fourth, third, fourth, sometimes yeah. fifth. But when he was there to pick, they always took him. Uh, they just loved him, and they had a good role and vision for him. And it's turned out, I didn't think they they thought he was going to be their franchise tag player in, in four years, but um, you know, I think that that's a great pick. I mean, Donovan Wilson too. I think Dan Quinn coming really helped him. Kind of had a good vision for him. But Pollard, uh, to me, that's that's a good, you know, that was a great pick. Um, obviously, Tristan Hill wasn't. But, you know, they got Amari Cooper in the first round. Yeah. You know, they used that pick, and, you know, he made the Pro Bowl that year. So that was – I'm still kind of confused as to what happened with him, with Tristan who? Hill. But, you know, that's also the thing. I mean, Brian can tell you as well as anybody, this d- drafting is not an exact science. Like – there are times when you're going to think you really know you're going to get a yeah. great player and you don't. There are other times when you're taking a flyer and you end up with a great player. Like, it's just not exact. You can't tell how a person is going to adapt to the end. There's so many unknown variables. It's just impossible. They knew the player. They knew the player. Rod Marinelli knew the player. 
and he went down there and he tried to learn everything he could about him. I think he did. It was. I think it was up to the kid though. Uh, to you know, how much did he really, really want to play? There mm-hmm. were questions about him at Central Florida. You know, the coaching staff—they had a change in the coaching staff and all that. And there were people down there that were saying, "Listen, this kid really doesn't love football." And Rod, you know, and others felt like, "Well, we can we can get it out of him. We can we can put him in there." And there was times where Tristan Hill would show flashes of being successful, mm-hmm. and then something would happen to him. Yeah. And so he never got to the point where, like a Tony Pollard. You know, you can say what you want about Tony Pollard's a great pick. The problem is they just last year figured out what to do with Tony Pollard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Tony Pollard's numbers should be even greater for what he's able to do. And so, you know, and you mentioned the Donovan Wilson pick. I, you know, he's played 11 less games than Tony Pollard, but the sack totals, the tackles, the physicality he plays with, though, great value there for them in the sixth round. All right, let's move on to the 2020 draft. Uh, Cowboys select in the first round C.D. Lamb, second round Trayvon Diggs, third round Neville Gallimore, fourth round Reggie Robinson, the only player that is no longer in professional football from this draft. Uh, in the fourth round, later in the fourth round, they got Tyler Biotish, fifth round they got Bradley and I, and in the seventh round, quarterback Ben DiNucci, who is now playing in the XFL. XFL. Uh, and actually, I just read the other day he's got a tryout with an NFL team. Denver Broncos. Yeah, it's been good. So, uh, so yeah, he's good in the XFL. Yeah. Again, he's still playing professional football, still taking a crack at it. This draft looks like one where they've had some some success. Which <laughs> so which which was outside of the first round pick. Who's the best pick in this draft? I think we know, right? Oh yeah, I mean, I do we want to say without not? Let's well, take out the first and the second round. You know, <laughs> but the first round pick is a great pick yeah. because they 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 were true to their board. I mean, they they didn't think that CD was going to fall to them. Got to also remember this draft was done, you know, 2020 with COVID. We were just figuring out what's going on. It was done on a boat, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like they 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 did a great job of saying, all right. We don't know if we need a receiver. We have Amari Cooper and Gallup, but this guy's just what the, what they say the flashing light, just, blinking you know, light. There it is, and 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 they they you know the Diggs and Gallimore, you know those were high those were first round grades they had on both those guys. So they got three first round grades. Uh, I, I believe that's right. It made me maybe it wasn't a first round grade on Gallimore, but they they had him graded higher than Diggs, but they took Diggs because of the position. So let me ask you this: I'll change the question for you guys. I, I was going to mention another player. Okay, well, yeah, yeah. Go, ahead, go ahead with that player then. Biotish. Biotish, Biotish has become an ascending center, for your, and you got him at pick 146 in the fourth round. Mm-hmm. And so the Diggs pick, as good as it was, it was the one that was the biggest no-brainer because if they got wiped out at 17, the thought was that they would take Diggs in the first round. But the fact that they, they trusted their board, they took CD, and then the draft came back around to them, and it's rare that that happens. Yeah. Very rare that that happens. They just be happen sitting in the middle of the board, and Diggs got to him at fifty-one. But you just got a starting center that is ascending at one forty-six. You know that's those are the ones that will you should pat everybody on the back in the room because the Lamb and the Diggs are no-brainers. Those are no-brainer picks. The Biotis one was the one. Well. Wisconsin center, can we, you know, what, you know, he's not really highly rated. You know, they, they, they hit one on that guy. Yeah, that one turned out pretty nicely, even though at the time it didn't seem so to me personally, because I felt like, oh, they're doing just fine with Joe Looney and, and yeah. what he's been doing there after Travis Frederick being out. But you look at now that time has gone by and you look at, okay, where it's at 
from where it was and the development. And he hasn't been absolutely perfect, but I think he's giving you a solid game and he's giving you what you need at the center position, taking into account all the other issues you've constantly been having in the rest of the O-line. So I think they they got really lucky to get a guy like him at that uh, in the fourth round. So I'm going to flip the question on you guys. We have been taking the first round pick out of it, but if you had to compare Diggs to Parsons, I'm sorry, D- not Parsons, Diggs to Lamb, Lamb, which was a better pick for the Cowboys? Lamb. Diggs. Why? Tell me why. I think the thing with Lamb is that to me, you know, you, you look at the development. I, I still think there's some questions about Diggs. I think there's some still some questions about uh, him being a complete player, and I, I think that you know the interceptions and all that, the ball skills, no question about that. You know, is there is the when I talk about complete player, the willingness to tackle, the willingness to be in there, the willingness to mix it up and stuff like that. Lamb to me is one of. I think Lamb's a complete player. I think Lamb will do whatever he has to do to have success. Uh, you know, he's not going to turn away from things. He's going to go out there. If they ask him to go make a big play, he's going to find a way to make the big play. He'll block out on the edge. He will do whatever you have to do. So if you just talk about the complete player aspect of the two players, Lamb over Diggs for me. I, I go with Diggs as the better pick just because of the value, just because of the second round and the first round and how Lamb kind of fell to them. They've both been great in their own way. Um, I, you know, I think Diggs, they're both going to get contracts coming up. Maybe one of them probably here in a few months, I would think. Um, and, and I don't know about Lamb, but I think Diggs will be the highest paid cornerback in the league. Mm. Um, and so, you know, they, they've both been, been really, really good, um, you know, all pros. They've, they've both been all pros. So you get two all pros and then a pro bowler in the fourth round. I mean, that, that is your... I mean, you'll never be the 1964 draft with three Hall of Famers, but you know it, that's that has a chance to be one of the top drafts of all time if if these players continue to to go in the direction they're going. League missed on both those players. Yeah, yeah. League missed on both. You you, you were you you took advantage of the league on two players that are, that we're talking about is who's better, and, and they're both really you could throw a blanket over both, but. Like I said, uh, you know, the, the league just showed you right there. Dallas did a great job of being in position to make this thing happen. Real quick, I need to make a correction. I said Reggie Robinson was not playing football. He actually, as Chris Beam, our producer, just told me in my ear that he actually is on the uh, Washington Defenders in the XFL will be playing in their championship they game. They play so against the Arlington Still playing team. in yep. professional football, yep. not obviously in the NFL, good. but still playing in professional good football. Good for him. You know, let me just say something about Reggie Robinson yeah. and, and that draft. Those guys right there, they got – I don't know if you say they got screwed, but they did. They did. He is a player. He's a fourth-round pick from Tulsa. He's a special teams guy. He needs preseason games. He needed to go out there and show what he could do, block a punt, get be a gunner, play some snaps on the fourth quarter. He didn't. Bradley and I, Ben DiNucci, those guys needed to do that. They needed to play, just like all these young players. And so it's very unfortunate for those players in 2020, uh, those undrafted guys. Uh, give Terrence Steele a ton of credit because he didn't have that, and he mm-hmm. figured out a way to do it in camp. But but some of those players I thought were, you know, it's just unfortunate that they didn't get those Well, snaps. to your point, Reggie was a, a Will McClay pick. That was Will. Will was championing that pick, and the problem is they couldn't find a spot for him. Yeah, they tried to play corner. him at corner, yeah. safety corner. They're doing the same thing with Josh Ball right now. 
Yeah. They're trying to find a spot for a guy that they that they picked in the uh, fourth round. It's one of the reasons I love what's happening with the XFL and the USFL now because for guys like them, maybe they do get that second shot to go play football and then they can work their way back up into maybe getting an opportunity in the NFL. Anybody think that maybe I mean I wish they could figure out a way could they merge? Who? USFL and XFL? Yeah. You got to talk to the owners of those leagues. I know. I, I mean, that's, that's their choice. I mean, like, yeah, I'm already, I already got to talk to Goodell. So, yeah, <laughs> you got a lot on your plate here. Well, I'm just, I just, man, it, it's like which league is which. I mean, just, just get it all together. I don't know. I get where confused. All the teams I see football are. and I'm like, is this football. XFL? Yeah. Is this USFL? I'm, I get a little confused. But I will tell this. I actually have enjoyed some games here in the offseason. I like some of the rules around XFL. Yeah. Like it's a, it's an entertaining product to watch because of how they have it in the well, with the extra points and the scores. You can yeah. you can play around with that thing and make it really interesting in the last. Do you watch bit of baseball? No. Do you watch hockey? No. Do you watch NBA basketball playoffs? Yeah, some. Well, my son's into it, so I have to oh, watch it with him. I'm just saying, you know, for those, it is, you know, people that love football, it yeah. is something else. You right. know, a lot of people like It's my thing right now yeah. because I'm not really that into a lot of the other things. All right, let's take our final break. When we come back, we got two more drafts we want to talk about. We want to talk about 2001 and we want to talk about 2022, which happened. Uh, those players just played last year. We'll talk about that when we come back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Want to use the Cowboys locker room's favorite products? Check out the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word cowboys. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. No one knows where this market will go. Right now, it feels like a wild ride. But one thing's for certain, there's a way through it. And the experience and guidance of a Merrill advisor can help you get there. Because where there's a bull, there's a way. Find an advisor in North Texas at ml.com slash bullish. Merrill, a Bank of America company. What would you like the power to do? Investing involves risk. Merrill Lynch, Pierce, Fenner & Smith Incorporated, registered broker-dealer, registered investment advisor, member SIPC, a wholly owned subsidiary of Bank of America Corp. Hey, honey, can we talk? Of course. What's up? Well, I just thought you should know. I've been curious about the new Dr. Pepper strawberries and cream. <gasps> Have you felt this way a long time? No, I just think I'd really like the taste of Dr. Pepper swirled with layers of flavor. If you feel that way, I think you should try it, babe. It's amazing. I mean, you're amazing, too. <laughs> new Dr. Pepper strawberries and cream. The new flavor you deserve. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Back to the break. 
This Mother's Day, give mom a gift like no other with Dallas Cowboys gear. Shop brands like the Wild Collective, Touch, Wear by Aaron Andrews, and more at the nearest pro shop or online at shop.dallascowboys.com, a fanatics experience. Welcome back. Final segment of the break. We're talking about the draft. We're giving draft grades. We will do that at some point here in this conversation. I'm going to make you guys give me a grade for each of these drafts. Uh, Let's talk about the 2021 draft. That's where the Cowboys landed Maybe by some of people's estimations, uh, a bit of a blessing. It wasn't necessarily all they're doing. But they land Micah Parsons in the first round. Second round, they get Kelvin Joseph. Third round, they get Oso, Digizua, Chauncey Golston, and Nashawn Wright. And then in fourth round, they got Jabril Cox and Josh Ball. Fifth round, Simi Fehoko. Sixth round, uh, Quentin Bohanna and Israel Mukwamu. And then in the seventh round, Matt Farniak. Best pick of the draft outside of Mark, Michael Parsons. And this one's a little harder because there's some interesting names here. It's got to be Osa is, is what I think. And I, but I would say this. Yeah. I think because Osa, I think, is on his way up. The fact with we'll see with him and Mozzie playing next to each other, I think that will be a good combination. That will mm-hmm. help Osa uh, have that opportunity. He, he just keeps getting better with this coach and staff. And the next one to me would be Chauncey because I think Chauncey's got an opportunity as well. Those are two those three techniques, those guys that play on that outside shoulder, they get up the field the way that they do. And so, yeah, I kind of feel like that those would be the ones that I would surely keep an eye on. This has a chance to be the uh, 1990 draft where mm. they took uh, Alexander yeah. Wright, Stan Smagala, Jimmy Jones, Kenny Gant, and Dave Harper. And it was a really good draft. Was that Emmett Smith? Yeah, because of Emmett Smith. Like that, it was a really good draft because you got Emmett Smith. Are, are you saying? Are, yeah, that's are you what saying, I'm saying. Are you saying that Micah's just so great? Doesn't matter what everybody else does. I'm or saying it's you going. Think the to rest be, of them are not going to be. It's as going great. to be a good draft because they got lucky and they got Micah Parsons. And I don't know if these other guys. I mean, that, oh. as great as that first round pick was, the second round pick was not a good pick. Mm-hmm. It's not. And and Kelvin Joseph is he has time, I guess, to turn it around. I think, but so far it hasn't been. Second round pick. A cornerback, barely playing special, playing special teams. They can't. They got to get guys off the street to play corner because guys are hurt and not the second and third round pick. Let's don't forget Nashawn Wright in there too. So yeah, you know they've had Jabril Cox. I mean, they had some guys. It was crazy. This is like the longest list. Like this is where you had the most picks, and you look at all those names, and I'm like, eh, nah, nah, not yet. Well, it's a not yet. McQuamu has a chance. It's so early. Let's be clear. McQuamu has been better than Nashawn Wright. Yep. Which and, sure that, and that was a six-round pick, and he's been better. We're still waiting on Jabril Cox. That's one of those things. And talking to some guys in the organization about that, it was always you know, one step forward, two steps back with him, you know, with getting him on the field and things. So, And Simi Fajoko, I see he's doing a great job of catching fish. I saw on his Twitter <laughs> thing he had a really I big – I saw you gave him a shout-out for I'd that. Say, like, that's a nice-looking nice fish, nice yeah. fish he had yeah. there. So I might have to get him on the boat here soon. He's but, not going to be the best Fajoko on the team. Well, that's no. you know that's the <laughs> no. thing about probably not. But see, that's the thing too. And, and Bohanna, we've waiting. Yeah. We've been waiting. You know, everybody. Nick for I had years. Big hopes for him. Nick has asked for two things. This organization: give me a vertical route runner and give me a big sloppy guy in the middle. And He's gotta. And 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 that's that. You know, that's the thing with Bohanna. That's twenty-seven games, and we're all kind of like, is he active this week? Is he yeah. inactive? What what are we doing over there? You know. So there's there's a lot more questions about this draft. Josh Ball to me. There's a fourth-round offensive lineman. I think Awesome Richards, who they took yeah. right now in this draft, is a better player than Josh Ball. Yeah, yeah I just yeah. watching him play. I know he's a better player. So yeah. 
they've gambled on some of these guys in this draft, and 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 you know, and it hasn't and hasn't paid off for them like they thought it would. Yeah, I think the fact that they had to go out and and make a move for a Gilmore, the fact that they drafted Mozzie, to me, is as much an indictment on what they've seen from the cornerbacks in yeah. this draft, what they've seen from. Uh, Quentin Bohanna, they're like, we're not getting what we need, so we're going to have to go either back to the draft to get it, or we're going to have to go out and free agents. Well, they traded for Hankins. Trade, right? They yeah. traded for Hankins. Hankins as well, right? Hankins. Yeah. That, that is a huge Because Quentin Bohanna, and I know it's a sixth-round pick, but I'm going to also be real honest and fair here. The Nation Wright pick was Dan Quinn went to Corvallis, Oregon and worked that one out. You know, uh, he also went to Lexington, Kentucky to see Kelvin Joseph. He also saw Quentin Bohanna that day, you know? So... I, you know, there's there's some times where you, you go, yay, 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 and then other times you're like, whoa, what were you thinking there, bro? Yeah. The, I don't know how far <laughs> we're going to go on this, but, I mean, I, I think 2022, the guys have been more productive than 2021, and they've only they have half year. the time. Let's, let's run down those names real quick. 2022, you got in the first round Tyler Smith, who's been really good. Great they pick. proved a lot second of us round, wrong on him. Great yes, pick. second round Sam Williams. Third round, Jalen Tolbert. Fourth round, Jake Ferguson. Fifth round, they had a, a number of picks there. Matt Willetsko, Deron Bland, Damone Clark, John Ridgeway, who's no longer with the team but playing a prominent role in Washington. And then in the sixth round, Devin Harper. Uh, tell me the best pick of that draft because other than Tyler Smith, there's a lot of names you could put up there and say, I think this guy is the best or will be the best of this draft. Got to be Bland. Bland. I mean, Bland, was, that was a great pick. Yeah, see, they, they proved us wrong in a couple of areas too. And, and me personally – I was wrong about Tyler Smith. I was too high on Jalen Tolbert. Well, let's go, I think, is one that's got some promise yeah, to it. Yeah, I, yeah. I like what they do with Awesome Richards, Matt Well, let's go. Got maybe a couple young tackles there. Bland, Bland, he, he went to school at Fresno State. He should have been playing at Washington mm-hmm. or UCLA or USC. Mm-hmm. They 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 stole him. Then Harper, I, I think the thing with Devin Harper is the linebacker they got in the sixth, that cat can run. And I think that you know he's one of those guys that when you maybe this maybe this is the training camp for him where you start to see oh wait they've got some maybe some depth problems at linebacker no they don't a guy like Devin Harper steps up and helps him make some plays and and also you know if if they were really really like worried about tight end they would have signed Dalton Schultz when especially when no one was signing him mm-hmm. or they would have said I can take any tight end in, in the first round if they if they really wanted to. Uh, maybe not Kincaid, but they they would have taken other guys, and they could have addressed that. So Jake Ferguson, to me, is good enough. Him and Hendershot combined, they're good enough to say, you know what, we we like where we're headed here. Yeah, we could get better. They went second round, but but Ferguson's a good enough pick too for them liking what they have. And when you think about it from this standpoint, the number of guys in this draft that last year's rookies flashed, which that's what you're really trying for me. That's what I'm trying to see in that first year. Sam Williams, uh, Jake Ferguson. Matt Willesco, even though it was for a short period in camp, he had some moments the where you're one, like, oh, I think he can play. Game, he was better than Ball, and he was yeah, hurt the whole exactly. camp. Yeah. Deron Bland. He might be missing uh, the best Damone pick. Clark. That might be the best uh, pick of them yeah, all. Yeah, Damone Clark. Like, he was off boards. Oh, yeah. 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 And they said, no, we have a chance. He's going to play, we'll and he's going to contribute yeah. this year. I, yeah. We were wrong about him, too. Now, we'll no. see how they develop at this point, but they're all flashing at this point, which is what mm. you want to see in that first okay, year. Okay, let me ask the panel question here real quick before we get out of here. Sam Williams have more sacks this year than Demarcus Lawrence? Yeah. Yes, I think so. Yeah. I think this is going to be a year for him where he's going to come into his own. He led the team in tackles for losses. That's amazing yep. considering how limited he plays. Yep. I think that teams will give more attention to a guy like Demarcus Lawrence. Therefore, 
he's gonna be busy dealing with that. Meanwhile, giving a guy like Sam Williams a little more freedom opportunities for him to take advantage of. I actually wonder if this year we'll start to see them pop uh, tank down to defensive tackle yeah. when they're in p- obvious passing downs and put Sam Williams on the outside. I think that may be your best kind of lineup with Oset yeah. the other tackle mm-hmm. and then put your and then put Michael on the other end. I think that you give me those four. Yeah. I think you can make some you can do some damage. Some real damage. All right. All that being said, we're going to go back through these drafts. I want you to give me a grade for the last five years' worth of drafts. Let's start with 2018. Where would you grade it? We should have done this right after discussing everyone. <laughs> All right, I'll write it back down. <laughs> Van Der Esch, Williams, Gallup, Armstrong, Schultz, Mike White, Covington, That's Will Wilson, and Scarborough. B. B. Yeah, I would say B+, plus, but, 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 but a good, really good. Solid top to bottom, got good players there. Yes, B as well. All right, 2019, Tristan Hill, Connor McGovern, Tony Pollard, Michael Jackson, Joe Jackson, Donovan Wilson, Mike Weber, Jalen Jelks. C minus. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a C plus because because you didn't have a first round pick and your first round pick made it to the Pro Bowl, so yeah. that that's pretty good. But still, some of these other, uh, yeah, C plus. Okay. Sure, same. <laughs> oh, and the plus. Mainly because of Wilson. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 2020, Lamb, Diggs, Gallimore, Robinson, Biotish, Anai, and Danucci. A plus. What? A plus. A plus. Can't get okay. better than that. I mean, how can you get better than that? Sorry, I'm sorry if you guys disagree. I, I, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to. I was going to go. I was just going to go straight A. Okay. Straight a. Okay. Amber, I don't know anything about straight A. Like that's never <laughs> happened. To me. Straight A. Let's go with an A. All right, so we had AA and an A+. Plus. All right, let's go to 2021. You got Micah Parsons, uh, Kelvin Joseph, Odigizua, Golston Wright, Cox, uh, Ball, Fehoko, Bohanna, Mukwamu, and Farniak. C+. Plus. Uh, uh, C+. Plus? <laughs> I don't I, like it. I know. I get you got it. one of the best players in football, yeah. but, it, but it's a C+. Plus. It yeah. is a C plus because I, of the of the quantity they have. If if they had two or three more guys step up, yeah, and they're yeah. gonna and maybe it's maybe it's Osa and maybe it's Golston, and that would take the C plus to me to a solid B, maybe even I think solid B if those guys stepped up. But I'm gonna go C plus. What about what about McQuamu? If he also steps yeah. up, that's but also what I'm we're two something. years out of it's hard, that. Yeah. You know, like no. you keep thinking, oh, we're only a, uh, to me. Yeah. It feels very fresh, and you think, oh, let's wait for one that. But it's right like now. it's already been two years. And, yeah, and one they got player. one for sure. They got yeah. one. Well, for two. Sure. Let's not also, also the they, player. Also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Osa's yeah. a player, but the they've thing got is, a, is, they've got a lot of potential F's on here too. And the thing Maybe. about it is, is they backed into Micah. Let's just be honest about it. They, well, that not, counts too. It counts, that but counts I'm just too. saying. Sometimes the draft gods smile. Yeah, at that, that counts I get too. It. Man. I get There's it. some luck involved. But, in this. but not only did they back into it, but they were like, "Let's see if we can get a third round pick out of this." I don't think the Eagles or the Giants are going to take this guy at eleven. Let's trade or at nine. Let's trade back to ten. Especially when you're holding on them corners. Right, those corners go right let's, in front let's, of you like let's that. Let's just let's just move back. And I mean, if somebody would have screwed him over, been like. <laughs> Yeah, we told him we were taking Devontae Smith, but we're really taking Micah. They would have slept okay. Yeah, and that's fine. Until, so, until now. So but, now. But, but like yeah. the quarterback on this team, they back, they tried to select I every know, quarterback in that draft almost, and then they finally got to the fourth round and were like, well. Yeah, they took him. Dak There's Prescott. No so, I mean, sometimes it just happens like that. You happen to look up. And, I say B- minus because you, you got a guy that's competing for defensive player of the year. But uh, those other guys, they hit a lot of other guys, and none of them have really hit yet. Took Charles Tapper before Dak Prescott. Sure did. Yeah. 
<laughs> so did Aww. the rest of the league, by the way. The rest, of the, league, nice the rest of the league passed I'm, for four Charles rounds. Tapper's a nice yeah. man. Is he I, somewhere? I, Is he still playing? I don't think so. No, he's probably he's doing, some, doing some in business. Probably a really good guy. Yeah. yeah. Really good guy. Last draft? Last draft. Tyler Smith, Sam Williams, Jalen Tolbert, Jake Ferguson, Matt Maletsko, Deron Bland, Damone Clark, John Ridgway, and Devin Harper. A minus for me. A minus. Yes. All right. B plus. B. <laughs> B. Has so, a chance to be a plus with Jalen Tolbert. And Sam Williams, I think, can maybe take it to the next level. Well, let's, go with, well, let's go with Clark. Clark would be the one that could take it to an A. Exactly. If he starts to be a real True. player, now you, yes. just, you just killed it. Ferguson That's the thing. I, see, I still see a lot of potential with a lot of these guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of them. Which you should in the second shoot, yeah, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And, and Bland, or, and we talked about Williams, even Ferguson, Tolbert. We haven't seen that from him. But these guys are guys that were thrown out there, and you needed them to step up and give you something as rookies, which, you, you know, that there's a learning curve to, be, to happen there. So I think that they did pretty well, pretty well first year, and they can definitely take a, uh, their next step this second year. So... So far for me, A minus. All right, that's our draft grades. We appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back next week. Uh, next week, we actually get started with rookie mini camp toward the end of next week. So we'll have more of that. Make sure you check us out tomorrow. We'll have some fun content for you guys for schedule release. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Brian Broadus, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been the break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!